This is the sound of Sammy, the English Bulldog. She's two and some months old. Gurgling sounds are not human. It's some alien species known as a dog. She's so cute. I just love you so much. Oh, there she goes. Perfect. I just love you so much. She's just getting a big, big oh, you're hug. So precious. Don't and she's not though. licking, trying to lick your face as much as when I'm over and she's trying to just jump up and she got her tongue onto the bottom of my chin on Sunday. I just want to squeeze her. He's like, boom, just somehow get okay. you. She's great. Go away now. So I th I thought about this recently. Yeah. And I thought, what if our pets are actually aliens and they have cameras and they're like studying our every movement because they'll sit there and just stare at you. And then someone's behind that animal, like monitoring that animal. Oh. And what you're doing. Well. It, it's not, it, it, this is not based in fact at all. But it's just one of those things like people like cats are aliens. Look at what they do. And I was like, what if this cat that's wanted to hang out with me, they're studying human emotions and movements to come in and take over. Could be true. There's a chance. Do you have a cop? Uh, do I have a <clears throat> do I have a siren coming by me or I think by it's you? Me. Oh, I think it's me. we both live in uh, rural. I mean, suburban areas, not rural. 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 That's rural. one. That's one word I can't say. Rural very well. Rural. Rural. And, and brewery. Let's try to say brewer, brewery oh. fast. Brewery. Brewer, brewery. I just like I can't. My brewery. mouth's like brewer, brewer, brewery, <laughs> and it just becomes this like slur of blah boom brewery. Um, on Thirty Rock, there's an episode where Jenna. <clears throat> is casted in a movie and it's called the rural juror <laughs> i remember that the rural <laughs> juror and <laughs> no one can say rural it. juror it's like yeah, on uh, um i love uh rested development the show that's still one of my favorites and they have um they have an episode that has or oh, multiple episodes with it's um scott Bayo from whatever TV show he was in back in the day. He's a like a teen icon back in the day. But he's Bob Bob blah blah. So it's Oh yeah. Bob and then he has a so his name is already a mouthful Bob blah blah. Blah blah blah. And then it's he has a blog and it's Bob blah blah's law blog. Law blog. Yeah. It's just so Bob blah blah's law blog. Yeah, Bob's law Blah. And and it's um Ellen Ellen DeGeneres's wife. I think they're still together, right? Portia P Portia de Rossi, and she is trying yeah. to. She's married to Tobias Funke, which is David Cross, the comedian, in there, and he's a never nude. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what that is, you got to watch the rest of development. It's so funny. Um, but he uh, and she's trying to hit on Bob Blah Blah, who is technically her divorce divorce <laughs> divorce lawyer. All these words are messing <laughs> with me. Divorce lawyer. Divorce lawyer, and it's, it's so funny. And then they don't get, I don't think they get divorced, but I don't want to spoil it. Watch Arrested Development. Probably, I think that's, it's tough to say, but it's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's tough to narrow those down. Yeah. I didn't, you know how there was that thing near the end where um, they liked it, was it season four? They did season four, and then they, uh, they, had a season they five. remixed it, or whatever? Um so season four where they did the same season twice you remember 
Yeah, that because was four. Because it didn't make sense. That was four. Yeah. So they had done one through three, then they got canceled off TV, and I didn't watch them till it was canceled, so I was probably part of the problem. Because if you watch a show, just know this, if you're watching a show and it's, and or you decide to stop watching it, and a lot of people stop watching it, soon that show will not exist anymore. And they hinted yeah. at it in season three. They're like, these blues aren't going to be around if people don't watch us. And they made jokes about it in the show. So the first three seasons are dynamite they're the best the fourth one was a reboot eight years later or nine years later or more and it was um they were yeah it was one hour or one two hour session that they played from everyone's perspective so you get seeing the same scenes again and again and again in different perspectives which was an interesting take but not my favorite because you feel like you're getting nowhere in a whole season right but that season was so bad yeah, or, it, w- um, it, was, it wasn't not bad, but like fans didn't like it. Yeah. So what they did was they recut the whole season and like recorded some new scenes and then called it season, season five, five or whatever. Is that what they did? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it was a recut. I thought mm-hmm. it was just they added another season. No, I think I'm pretty sure it was a recut. Okay. Well, in that case, then they got season four happened in the first episode of season five. And then everything else was like new things because it does it does take you elsewhere but i i feel like it was interesting to see i mean obviously actors age people age or they get get surgeries and different stuff but people look different in that definitely and you you expect when you watch an old show that people are just oh these people are sitting there the same and there are a few people like john stamos and others you see him you're like wow they barely look like they've aged um but majority you just gotta you're like, oh, it's been eight years. Okay. It's going to look a little different yeah. than it did then. Which is what's so cool about when people record things at a certain age because they're like living in that era during that time. And you're like, or right. you get to, you're immortalizing them at a certain point in time, which is cool. Just like this yeah. podcast is immortalizing our words and thoughts in this moment forever, which is yeah, really cool. My phlegm forever. Yeah, um, that's the thing. We gotta, we gotta. I, I, not that we have to figure it out, but I hope you don't, don't have too. I mean, I'd like your phlegm to not bother you too much. You know, if there's a way. Be so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I ruined. I mean, I had dairy today, so you ruined it yourself. I did it to yeah. myself. Did I eat? Yeah. I had, I had toast. Um, Does that count? I've, did you put butter on it? Yeah. I mean, unless it, I feel like butter is fine oh. unless you had like in a, a giant amount of butter. Yeah, okay, good, good. Milk, milk really does um, it. Yeah, I have two things. One, All right. did we introduce this episode? No, this is episode 26. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So, we're in our mid-20s. Shooting the Breeze. And the reason why that, yeah, Shooting the Breeze episode 26, the reason why that kind of ties in, actually, too, is that a lot of TV ep- seasons have 24 to 26 episodes, and then they're done for that season. Well, they used to. They used to. They yeah, used I'll say to. they used to. Now it's like 10 or 12, and they're longer episodes yeah. usually. If it's like, the thing is, the network TV stuff was that way, and now it's on like Apple TV and all these other Hulu different things, originals, and it's like 10 and 12 is like the most. Yeah. But um, but we're not about to end this episode. From... Right. Um, if you're background noise right now, it's Sammy slurping up water. Yeah. Um, no problem. It's not us drinking gross. out of a bowl on the floor. Like like a yeah. dog would. Um, my second thing mm-hmm. was, I did you ever watch Smallville or do you know what Smallville is? 
I know about Smallville. I know about the um, about the scandal surrounding Smallville that happened years later or came out about the actress that was involved. But I don't know yeah. a lot about it, so it'd be interesting to dive in. But I saw some Smallville, but I also was like, I know about Superman. Do I need to see a story all over again? And then I didn't end up watching it much. Sure. Um, great. So I... Uh, so oh yeah okay so Smallville is about was um, it one of your favorite Clark shows? Kent. Um, I think I was an avid watcher of mm-hmm. it. I wouldn't say it was my one of my favorites, but I did like watching it. Um, so Smallville is about Clark Kent and his upbringing, uh, f- starting in high school. Um, mm-hmm. so like the first the pilot episode is like how he landed in Smallville the. We all know the story. Like as a kid or a teenager, his parents sent him to Earth. Yeah, his parents sent him to Earth. Their planet died, um, uh, and then he was raised by um, wolves. Two people. People. I forget what the parents' names are. Um, um, mom and dad. Yeah, yeah I, I don't dad, remember Kent. either. Yeah. Uh, and and it and it and was this was this was pre the new Superman movies. This was after the Christopher Reeves era Superman movies. You're right. Yeah. So this yeah. was before any of these new uh, movies, so like Marvels came out, or DC came out. Yeah. So this was a mid two thousand show. Um, the the music in it is really good. I feel like it's up your uh, alley. Alley. You would really well like if it. it's yeah. the mid two thousands. They probably got some like pop rock stuff of that era and stuff yeah nice okay well Um, if i but okay i watch it it'll be yeah go ahead i was gonna say if i do get around to watching it which maybe i will i'll probably be hooked and watch the whole series yeah yeah so it so i watched it originally whenever it aired um and then had like i thought about it occasionally like oh like oh I forget I used to watch that show mm-hmm. and then all that the scandal about um that actress Allison or name. Alex Mack or something um yeah but then I found it on Hulu the other night and I was like you know what let's do this like I'm rewatch of, yeah mm. I'm, let's start from the beginning let's just rewatch it um it's so bad oh really so so you <laughs> it doesn't hold up for you it doesn't hold up for me it's very i mean it's and it makes sense it's like at the time of where i was in my life like i was a kid so like watching high school drama content um felt very real and like now it's just corny but i would say that about any kind of programming for you know those that age bracket now like Mm -hmm. it's not something i would watch now um I bet there's a lot but, of shows now yeah. that are like that for for ten years from now that you'd be like, oh man, it's just right. It feels feels yeah. tough to watch. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll probably get better. Like I'm still gonna continue watching this. Um, like I'm sure mm-hmm. the seasons and acting will get better. But the first like season, like everyone was so young, there were such young actors. Um, yeah, and I think they were still trying to find what the show was gonna was. be. Was um, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's a lot of like dramatic pauses and like exaggerated face expressions. Um, but yeah, but the soundtrack yeah. to every episode is really good. It's still great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. of, and uh, there's some shows people rewatch are like, oh, I got so much more and it was great. 
And I rewatched an, um, a Chris Farley movie recently, Black Sheep, um, which I love all those movies and still do. Um, but there's the element of like the cheesy slapstick where, you know, like, I, I, cause we've seen it so many times or I've seen it so many times where like he's closing, um, a hood of a car or something and you see, he can't get his hands around it and you know, his ties sitting out. You're like, you, you I'm like, I know this is going to happen where he gets stuck in the back of this thing. And yeah, it's still funny. But since I already know these things so much, I'm like, man, I need some new Chris Farley because I need stuff that surprises me because I know it's coming. Um, yeah. But he's still but like a classic genius of comedy. And it's like there's it's cheesy, but it's done in a way that it's like perfect in my mind. Yeah. But there's some stuff that I think. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen Black Sheep. I've seen Tommy Boy. I don't know oh, if man. I've seen Black Sheep. Um, I'd say I'd watch but, it with like, you, but I just watched that- it. Yeah, that's okay. I'm not interested. Um, the There's some stuff that stands the test of time. Like, I maybe a couple months ago, I threw on a um, I Love Lucy episode. Mm-hmm. And um, the episode opens... Like, the setup for the episode is Lucy has to, like, run an errand or something. So she... Let's say... I don't know if this is exactly what it is, but she needs stamps so she looks in uh ricky's like desk Mm -hmm. and she sees that he just got um life insurance for lucy um and ethel comes in and she's like what'd you find and she's like i just found life insurance um like i wonder what he's got planned and like he's trying to kill me he's gonna he's trying to take me (laughs) out here yeah basically that's the setup right Uh so she thinks ricky is planning to kill her um so that he can get money out of um out of it yeah so he comes home and she won't let him near her um and that's it's just like hijinks the whole episode is like hijinks and her like trying to avoid ricky um but it's so funny like it's so funny and you know what's coming you know that that's not like from the beginning you know he's mm-hmm. not gonna try to kill her but yeah you and, just and, like these characters so much that it's funny and and yeah and that's the thing i think that's the equivalent yeah of the chris farley stuff for sure it's like it's it's classic now and in, in a way that's like it's it could be cheesy but i i almost i i would argue and say that or not argue but agree that i think even the older stuff is even that much more classic because yeah it's of a certain era you can't recreate it now without it being totally different and it just feels like it's what you grew up like watching as reruns and stuff as kids when parents were watching it and it'll never be not cool for some of those shows yeah i grew up like the andy Andy griffith um, show is good too i didn't really like the andy griffith show really i I love the, the song oh yeah yeah um, I mean, it is it were... is boring. It, it is boring. I'll say, in the sense of like, it doesn't have a lot of action, but it's like they're teaching good morals through these like smaller, trivial circumstances with laughter and stuff. And that's what I liked it is because it's like it's a throwaway show that has good content because <laughs> you don't you're not having yeah. it's not dramatic at all in the most part. Yeah, I just couldn't relate to it. I think yeah. that's what it is. Well, like, I mean, I grew up in a rural town as a police officer, so I know what it's yeah. like to be him. But it was like, I like, I think I, I think it was like Matlock. I grew up watching Matlock and then I realized the Andy Griffith show existed and I was like, I like this 
person as an actor. And then I saw the earlier one. I was like, well, that's cool. But I still, to be fair, have only gotten through the first season on Netflix part. And there's a bunch of seasons and I haven't kept watching. But it is like it's one that I enjoy when I watch it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I like totally. You were about to say something else and I jumped back over the Andy Griffith show and you're like, and where was I? <laughs> Yeah. So I love That's Lucy. Okay. I love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Andy Griffith show. I do love another... Lucy. I love Lucy. I love too. Lucy too. <laughs> I love Lucy two point oh. Um, what was the other? Yeah. What was the other other show? Is there an old, another old classic show that hit you? Interestingly. Um. We had very limited <laughs> shows or channels growing up, mm-hmm. um, but TV. TV Land? TV Land, yep. That's a show. That's a yeah. channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I liked. I like watching TV Land because it was something that like both me and my parents could watch. Um, like it was fairly clean, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like Three's Company, love Three's Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, oh, speaking of Andy Griffith, that cop plays Mr. Roper in this later half of uh you're not talking about Three's andy Company. griffith but you're talking about um the guy that was an apple dumpling gang too he was um don knotts don knotts right there you go don yeah, knotts yeah. he's awesome dude don knotts is a legend and mm-hmm. have you ever watched that clip of him he's doing a sketch and he's an announcer and he keeps like fumbling over his words. No, it's fantastic. It. It's so funny. You gotta like YouTube. He's like a legend of legend um, of comedy. Yeah, yeah. You know what's really cool um, though about that about him. So that era. So so Ron Howard was um, the little kid on um, Ron Howard, the director and stuff. He was on Happy Days. Yeah. He's on. <laughs> He was on the Andy Griffith show as a, as an eight year old boy or seven or something, and now he's this major director who's not even that old now. If you think about like right. the age, I mean, maybe he's in his fifties now or something. Maybe I don't know, maybe sixties, but he seems like I younger. Think he's older. He's older. He seems younger. His, his daughter Dallas is like thirty something. But it, just like the span 40s. of his career, starting out on that show, going to Happy Days, going to all these things, directing all these major movies, like that's super impressive. Yeah. But yeah, Good on him. so Don Knotts, TV Land. I remember watching TV Land too, um, and all those. And I yeah. just like that. I don't know. There's something about black and white TV, and I know that Three's a Company was color, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of the black and white shows that I still love. Bonanza was another one that was on TV Land, and those ones. I only know the theme song. I don't know what it's about. It has um, um, Haas Cartwright. <laughs> what's his name the the main brother but it's like brothers that live on a ranch and they have to like protect their property and their horses and stuff so it's a full-on hollywood western something like once upon that once upon a time in hollywood would be about you know for like old but old movies you know um but it's just like and michael landon's so classic such a good actor and then little house on the prairie and all that so there's so many things like that kids now are not gonna like experience because it's so old now that like people are like don't have the patience to watch the old stuff and back when we were watching this is like this is still cool yeah so that's what i'm trying to well, reintroduce myself cool when i grew up oh you didn't you didn't like I it i mean i no i i don't think the 
my generation thought it was cool. I liked oh, it. You liked it. Your parents liked it. And so you were watching it with them. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like fully reverting back to like watching. I need after I finish Hawaii Five O, the 70s one, which I'm on 1972's episode, um, uh-huh. uh, which is or season, which is the fourth season or fifth because I started in 68 or 69. Um, once I finish the 12 years of this show, which is like 26 episodes per show, I'm going to have to find another old show to keep me in the vein of the old stuff. <laughs> And just because I love the way it looks so cool back then, the way it was shot, like the music is all 60s, 70s music. And it's like I want to create that kind of music on new stuff now and film in that way. It'd be so cool to do like a throwback show. There was also two Mexican shows I grew up watching. One was uh, El Chapulín Colorado, and it's Mm -hmm. the Red Grasshopper. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the show. (laughs) In English. Um, that's the name of the show and he was a superhero um so he used to like (laughs) it's so great it was a comedy um and like it was was in in this town where like these people uh yeah i think it started in black and white and then moved Mm -hmm. to color um uh but yeah just so funny just again like slapstick and like him actually being dumb but then like fixing the problem by accident and without knowing what he's doing yeah yeah and then the second one was um it's this it's the same like cast or same actors actually i think it's um el chavo del ocho um and yeah again just slapstick so it's it's the same same guy it plays in another show later that was also so you guys like the actor a lot and watched his his stuff yeah because it was it was just like it was the I Love Lucy's style of Mexican television, you know. That's cool. And where is like there these people are legends? I wonder if you could get it now and have English subtitles. I bet you could. Yeah, well, I mean, all the clips. I for a period maybe like three years ago, I used to watch old clips on YouTube because it was mm-hmm. just so funny. Yeah. Or like I think I think I did find it on Netflix for a bit. Um, really and i used to watch it well yeah. next time we get good. together let me let me see some of those because i'm not gonna be able to spell sure. it properly <laughs> to find <laughs> yeah. to find l and i'll be like and it's like all the words are not hitting where they should or separated right so <laughs> that's the problem i wish i was more bilingual yeah. and knew more languages or try my grandpa knew five languages so it should well, be in my genes but it's not or i mean he just took do you know what those languages were uh, well, I never met him because he passed away before I was born, but as my dad's dad, he lived a little harder life. And when I say that, it wasn't like it was challenging. It was <laughs> that he he liked liked his drink a lot and liked smoking and chewing. He liked his vices, and um, I mean, he had a heart attack in his 60s. Come to think of it, what? a lot of my family has had some heart issues because my uncle, who also lived hard, my dad's brother, died in his 60s from heart issues. My dad's doing fine, but he didn't live the harder life. But there's a few right. heart issues. So that's why my high blood pressure may not have been a surprise. Maybe I should have known yeah. it was, it was coming. They're like, you're turning 40 or th- this year, we're going to hit you with this high blood pressure and you better not do anything to destroy your body anymore. And I was like, fine, I won't. Um, but yeah. yeah, my grandpa knew German cause he, he met my grandma in Germany during world war two. And he was an American student over there. Bad time to be in Germany as a oh. student in world war two. And, um, and then married her. And then they moved back to Spokane area from uh, Berlin. But they were like, they were wow. in Berlin when bombs were dropping off from the U.S. in Berlin. 
So, so speaking about um, we our it's last intense. episode, we talked about like a buttload of <laughs> something, you yeah. know, like a buttload of anything, buttload of diapers, a buttload of chicken, whatever. So they were my grandpa, my dad's dad, had told him when because my dad was born in the U.S., my uncle was born in Germany, so. My dad was born like in 47. They must have come to the U.S. in 46. Um, but during that, when it, my uncle was born, like there'd be you'd hear bombs dropping and you can't tell where they're at from where you are. And people would be like and their bladders and their their whole body is just getting rid of everything every few minutes. And somehow you've created more within a few minutes because of the fear. So like you're running wow. someone if you have a one bedroom house or one bathroom house and there's two people in it and you hear these these bombs falling and explosions one of them you is in the flower bed one of you is in the in the toilet <laughs> every few minutes wow. just constantly when this stuff's happening so i can only imagine and they had another story about like when a big bomb went off that it some of these depending on this type of bombs this is just interesting World War II history is really interesting to me in general, just like the historical footage and all, because we haven't seen anything that big in so long. Not that it was good, but it's just the interesting part of it. But there's when a certain bomb went off, if you were near the city, it would suck things into it. So you get this wind, this aftermath thing. So people could be like holding onto a tree and being pulled towards just pulled wow. along the ground. So they had a, I think they were somewhere where you had to like hold on to stuff because otherwise you'd be moved with it if you're light enough, which is crazy. Jeez. But so he knew German. So, cause that's how he knew German. <laughs> he was in Germany, yeah. but I think it, uh, probably Italian, a couple others. Cause he did, he went all over like um, Europe and did like painting and stuff. So his dad, my great grandpa was a more like an, um, he helped build the transcontinental railroad. He was part of that group. Um, and he wasn't like wow. building it, but he, he was friends with those people in Pennsylvania and part of, did yeah. this stuff. So he had money and had like, he lived to his nineties, had a caretaker in his house and obviously was well off. Um, but he took my dad to the, this is like a history of my family right now. He took my dad yeah, to the, I to, didn't know any of this. Yeah. It's, it's like, this is stuff my dad told me. So, cause I didn't get to meet either my grandpa or great grandpa, but my great grandpa lived mid to his nineties, healthy, pretty healthy, but he had a fall in his old age and that kind of, tanked him where he didn't do as well once he fell um but yeah. he took my dad when my dad would visit him in the summers and stuff and in pennsylvania he took him to the de edge of the delaware in the area where supposedly george washington threw the silver dollar into the water before they came up and attacked the the red the red coats or whatever was going on there so like all these cool like areas and stuff like that um and just really interesting but yeah so my yeah so Wow. Basically, there was money, so my dad's dad didn't do as much career-wise as he could have, but he did a lot of professional student work. Like he just became a student, and an art. he was an artist and painted, and he never sold his art. But I think it's pretty cool, so I have a bunch of it now. And uh, I want to. I should probably. Oh, nice. I don't want to change the framing, even though they're old, and people are like, yeah, you should change it. But I'm like, but he picked that frame for that photo, and it's from the 40s. One's like a 1948 photo. <laughs> or painting wow. so i'm like i kind of want to keep the original if it's intact but everyone's like those are gross why do you have those on the wall and i'm like because it's my grandpa <laughs> and that's why i want them up they're like yeah we don't want these out i'm like so i gotta set them on the side so i should probably like just get them reframed and they'd be cool yeah you can always keep the frame just not well I, and then at that discarded. point like once you take the picture out of the frame the frame kind of falls <laughs> 
falls apart because it's like all oh. held together. Um, but but he just he learned a lot of stuff, painted, and then didn't do a ton. I don't I don't even know what he did for work, but he didn't. He really just wanted to be a painter, so he was following his artistic calling just didn't make money at it and nowadays there's like etsy and so many things where i'm like he probably could have made money now in the world of today with what he was doing because they're really it's like picturesque painting of the pennsylvania countryside places in europe and prague and different areas he'd been and like my friend does drawings and it looks very similar and he'd been to prague and i was like wow that's cool well so yeah it's funny that like all these um there was, I mean, not notoriety, what's that called? Like a sense of, um, like, uh, this is a, this is the worst way to describe this. Mm-hmm. Like some elite, um, regard for people that were trained, you know, like people that, uh, were, um, like painting just because this is what you brought up mm-hmm. like um where there was a type of um is it called an internship where like apprenticeship you, sh- you, apprenticeship, from you mean oh apprenticeship yeah, yeah it's where you where like someone who's younger is working with someone who's older and and yeah learning, and you kind of learn them. the trade and then yeah they basically set you up because they're of notoriety um yeah, and, and they, they get it's kind of like when you go to a college, they're like, hey, we'll get you in with our industry companies and let them know that you graduated from our college, like the Art Institute, which we both went to. And they're supposed to, like, get you pla- job placement opportunities or, like, connections. Oh, no, they that's where they went wrong. They, they couldn't promise that, but they did. They, and then people yeah. turned around and sued them. Yeah, because they're like, um, hey, we'll get you started here. And no guarantees. And you're like, cool. So you have, in- that's why I'm paying 5000 a quarter, which went up as time went on. <laughs> when I was, there was yeah. 5000 a quarter. Because you're going to give us these connections. But yeah, the apprenticeship stuff is the way to go. And um, multiple people I know have well, done that. Well, it was. Oh, it's not now. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe. I just feel like it was much more um, expected. And um, prominent. Decades then. ago. Yeah. Where like now anyone can draw, you know? Yeah. And like it doesn't mean right. that it's fantastic. Like there was some weight to having gone through an apprentice apprentice wow. Apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. Yeah. With yeah. with someone who is well known. They're like, Oh, this one this person studied under so and so. And I feel like that's kind of how I mean Steven Spielberg got his start in Hollywood like that because he like snuck in and made a closet and took a janitor's closet he lied but he put his name on a closet and then started to show up at film sets so really that's his form of apprenticeship he just got in and then got his name on stuff and they're like are we paying this guy he's not on payroll or whatever they're looking at so that's i mean so in a way and people still do that with music studios but it is very different now where it's like the formal education doesn't guarantee you're getting a job in that field like it used to and almost like a trade or apprenticeship is almost better in a way for just having the knowledge. And then you got to go out and create your own. So it's an exciting time, but that's why you also have a cert. you have a plethora. And I'm using that big, big word, which means a super abundance of content out there and subpar content. Like people like yeah. only used to have to get signed by a label and have the money to make an album because it was so expensive. And now everyone can make their own music at home. 
So there is a lot of, there's more good content, but you got to sift through a lot worse stuff because there's, everyone's putting stuff out and there's no filter on what's good or bad. And it's, it, it is art. So it's like subjective, but it is interesting. Cause like back in the day, like you couldn't have the money to put something out. So therefore it was only stuff that was vetted that was out. Yeah. And it's cool that those artists are still alive now. Some of them like Paul McCartney's mm-hmm. still putting records out and stuff. But back then it was like, you had to be known and signed to get anything done. Yeah. So it's a different era. I just sneeze. Okay. <coughs> Ooh, good. Get it. Get it out. <laughs> That's uh. we cool. said, we said to test negative, but stay positive last episode. And yep. I think you're still doing it. It's okay to sneeze. I and think it I'm, means there's something in the air. And I'm positive that it's I'm not. Fine. Yeah, I'm positive that I'm fine. That's how I, I like to I say. I think it's just allergies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still hitting you in the summer. So this is uh, midsummer. This episode 26. It's mid-summer. July, mid-July, or late July. I don't know what what's the date today. We're in August. What are you talking about? Oh wow, we're in August already. This is the thing. <laughs> Summer's almost over. I always hate when we get to. I don't hate, but we get to August, then I'm like mid-august and then you're like it's halloween it's halloween already uh, yeah but yeah and then you're like you're looking it's august 15th you're like there's two weeks of summer left and like what did i do this summer because every usually most summers i'm like i wasted it i wasted this warm weather this year has been a lot hotter so i don't feel like i've wasted it and i feel like i've got my my summer in and i feel good (laughs) but most summers i'm like I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I'm like, and now we're back to fall. I got to wait a whole nother year to get this done. So it's the, the FOMO of summer fear of missing out of summer or feeling like you squandered time. And I don't like to feel like I squandered time, but I think it's a, you got to give yourself a pass sometimes to just live and not worry about like accomplishing a certain amount of stuff by a certain time. Yeah. Uh, like I say this phrase kind of frequently that like nothing matters. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you missed a summer. Cool. You like have another you have one next summer. Unless you don't. Yeah. If someone's going through some traumatic thing and they're like, right. And um, that's fine. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, actually I will bring this up real quick. Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 who's like 49. Mm, lead singer. Lead, um, so now he is it was more like he shared it with tom DeLong back in the day but then he tom DeLong formed angels and airwaves and my stomach just gurgled because i haven't eaten lunch uh but um but mark hoppus just announced that he has stage four cancer which is at 49 and i'm like oh man and apparently he's doing some new form of chemo or something where it's like he's seeing some positive results so that's good but you're just like man 49 years old like he's too young we can't lose mark hoppus of blink 182 yet (laughs) that's like a 90s band and so when i'm thinking of that i'm like you feel because they they have a new album they just put out i'm like man you feel is this your last summer i hope not i hope you let you pat you make it through this so not to be morbid but for for most people you'll have more summers and I hope Mark Hoppus does too, but it's just crazy mm-hmm. when those kind of things come up. Cause you, I think there's a part of me that's like, Oh, everyone lives forever. I don't want to hear about anyone disappearing if I don't have to. Right. Yeah. Like I, um, I mean, it's pretty crazy to try to add any type of numbers to anything like summers. Say mm-hmm. I'm 30 now. I probably have 60 if like if I'm lucky, sixty make it, summers. Make it tonight. Sixty left. Yeah. Yeah. 
Try to say 60 left. Seven times fast. 60 left. Yeah, seven times fast. 60 left, 60 left, 60 left, 60 left. Okay, it's not too hard. It sounded harder in my head for one moment. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. You're fine. You got 60 left. Yeah, Um, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing to think, too. I'm like, uh, every time I go to Hawaii and I'm on the plane, I'm like, hmm, let's see. If I go if I go here twice a year for how many more years? Like, it, it'd be it's it's weird because I I've been thinking about that more recently when I see an older actor. I'm like, they were acting in the 70s. as like an 80 year old person or 75 or something like that. And yeah. you're just like, they know that they've but then also they have the 80 years of experience before them where they can be thankful for but like we talk to older people now they're like i don't feel as old as i am um so i'm like how many more trips to 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 uh how many more trips to to hawaii do i have and i'm like well if i go twice a year for 40 more years at 40 i'd be 80 and that's like uh 80 more times 80 trips that doesn't sound that much It makes me want to go do right. stuff even more. I'm like, I want a hundred or two hundred more times of doing these things. But you also yeah. have to love where. That's why you gotta love where you live. So eventually, that's why I need to move there. Is because then I'll just be there every day, and then I have thousands of years in Hawaii or days in Hawaii, thousands instead of like just trips. But I also love yeah. Washington, so I'd miss out on that too. I've. I've also been wrestling with the concept of like, and it's still in this same type like vein of like, um, like I keep thinking that I, if I achieve something or if I'm, yeah, if I achieve something either now or by a certain age, then I'll be happy. Um, but I don't think we're ever happy. Like, I don't think we'll ever be happy. Almost as like we experience joy like we experience joy in things and people, you you experience happiness um, in but events. not not long term from that one thing right like, like the, i'll never just be happy well i actually i do hope that you're eventually just happy but you have to be i think that's contentment is the difference so there's content where mm-hmm. you're like i'm happy where things are happy is like a fleeting emotion and contentment is a long term thing being like i choose to feel good about what's going on in my life versus like worrying about where I could be or what I could do. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know. I've I've always thought of contentment as like settling and maybe that's not oh, yeah. a bad thing. Like, 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 no, that's a good way to look at like, it. I, yeah. Like I hope, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I do. I do know. Yeah. Cause I it's hope- like, you you hope there's more, but if not, I'll be happy with what I have. And it's like I I think there's always a want for more. Like um, Silverchair has a song, "Too Much," um, "Too Much" is not. Uh, I gotta look it up real quick. But it's the title of a song, and it's like it's not almost as never enough. That's Ariana Grande, <laughs> but um, it's one of those things that just makes you think. And it's just it's the human condition. Like I wanted more. Uh, you want more and then it's not enough once you get more. And so you try to fill whatever void with more stuff. And that's people like, that's why you need God and need spirituality, which is true. But you need like something that is outside yourself. It's called too much is not enough. <laughs> that's the name of the song. <laughs> it's too much of not, too much is or of, let's see too much of not enough. So it's like, Oh, that's a different meaning. I've had too much of not enough stuff, but 
But I, I, I read that all these years as be like, you can never have enough. It's never enough to satisfy. Um, so contentment to me is not settling, but I do understand how that you could totally be that way. But I try to be like happy throughout things. But just like we were talking the other day, we both keep searching for things to buy because we feel like that's going to be the thing that puts yeah, us to a spot where I'm we empty feel because we're empty inside because we need more things. And I'm like, man, I have. 12 plus video cameras of all different eras and kinds of shooting ability that look great. And it's just not yeah. the new 6k or the 4k raw shooting camera that I wanted. And I'm like, Oh, I have a 2k raw. That's plenty for anything I need, but I want the 4k one mm -hmm. too. So I have all options. I could walk around with this big camera and it'd be impressive or whatever, you know, it's something to keep you going. Right. So I was like almost spending 1800 bucks over the last couple of days, which you talked me, you, talk me down from you're like you don't need this probably I was like, you're yeah, welcome I don't. thank you and i almost yeah. spent eighteen hundred dollars on a credit card just to get this camera that i saw that i drooled over seven years ago and now it's cheaper and i'm like but there's drawbacks to that camera and that's why i shouldn't get it now and i yeah eventually i'd want to get another camera but i've noticed that everyone when i film at super high resolution is asked asks me to grid it up and make it look a little more real life instead of clean and so I watched a review on YouTube. A guy was saying like 1080 is fine. Cause he's like, I shoot 4k and most of the time people want 1080 and we have to grid it up to make the skin tones look better. He's like, you film someone in their 50 forties, fifties, sixties on 4k and they want you to make their skin look nicer and better. So you put a filter on the front of the camera and now tech techs, I'll get out of tech talk in a second. You film something at 4k, and then you put a filter yeah. on it to make the skin look better. You've now dropped your resolution down to like 2K anyway. <laughs> so everything is yeah. relative. You just have to go with like what makes people look good. And uh, do I need to buy more stuff all the time or do I just need to be creating with what I have? And if it sounds good and looks good, people aren't going to care. And that's probably what it comes down to. Yeah. That's just me. Because for me, the camera thing is the thing that I obsess over. I'm like gear. And video with audio stuff, every guitar I've purchased or piece of gear that's like not changing with technology holds its value and is still as valuable or more from when I bought it. All my video gear is slowly just losing the stock market and dropping because as things new things come mm -hmm. out, it drops down. Yeah, because there's new features new things they're always attractive and they're like, oh, yeah. you're still shooting and most people reviewing things It's tough. It's like you watch other you hear other people talk and they're like oh well i used to use this as an a camera but now it's a 1080 cam i can i can't use that anymore and i'm like why can't you but everyone's right. trying to like that's why i don't think i'll ever want to review gear products and stuff because it's just encouraging people to spend more money when i'd rather encourage people to be like creative and not worry about all the little details about what you got yeah but, like one guy's um, like if one guy shot one guy shot 28 days later the director of that movie 20, not 28 days that was the Sandra Bullock one but 28 days later the van, the zombie movie on zombie. a standard definition camera is like if that guy can shoot that on a standard definition camera and make a feature film you can shoot anything with a, a this any other camera you have probably yeah um yeah and I'm I just have a obsessive personality like I I just have that collector thing mm -hmm. of like Curated any interest things. I have. Yeah. I'm either like I'm in deep 
like I research, I gather, I buy things like I that are really nice. Uh, I'm still kind of obsessed with it, like vinyls, like records. Mm-hmm. Um, I've purchased a lot and I still love them. I still purchase new albums. But as far as like, um, uh, like really the only other album that I'm hunting for is an original pressing of Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys in mono. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and those are pricey. Probably. So that, yeah, really pricey. Um, but I've tapered off of like collecting vinyl. Um, but I also went through it with like guitar pedals and guitars and, yeah. uh, DVDs, you know, 10, 15 years ago, just um, having like a whole, and then every time I'd move, I'd be like, and how many times have I watched these over the last years? But there's still like shelves and shelves of DVDs. Our friend has, he's like a library of CDs and DVDs. If you want to get any album from any era or movie, he's got like walls covered with like actual copies so it's like the library of our friend <laughs> you can just go there and yeah. check something out and return it it's it's cool but it's a lot of stuff to move but that's mm-hmm. that's the things yeah. that people like ourselves creative people that are mu- musicians and into like video stuff and things like that are probably prone to do especially if you don't have to support a family and sell all your gear in order to do that because now i'm like i don't need to I don't have a reason to get rid of the stuff I purchased because I have room for it and I like it and I don't really want to get rid of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I went through a film camera phase as well. Um, and like now I have two cameras that I'll probably never get rid of cause I like them a lot and mm-hmm. it'll be a nice thing to pass on to someone or just yeah. eventually sell it if I need to. But I mean, you're still um, going to want to do your hobby. That's the thing. Like, and it's cool yeah. when, like I, our friend Andy that we both know, you know, but I'm not going to say last name because I'm keeping people anonymous, but he had a bunch of film cameras. I think I even gave him a couple that I had that had gotten from places and he's like, cool. He ended up selling everything and keeping his, um, I'm going to say it wrong, Hasselblad. Hasselblad. That's right. Yeah. He kept that one because that was his favorite camera. He's like, I'm going to use this and these others I probably won't touch. So, I mean, kudos to people that are able to let go of things that they know they're not going to use, even if they're cool. Because for me, it's so hard to to actually. And then as soon as I sell it, I end up finding a way to buy back something similar to feel that Mm -hmm. completeness of having the gear, basically. Or anything old. I'm, I'm like... Um, romanticizing about anything from the 60s if it's gear if it's like an old old amp like I bought an old speaker that's like a I don't even know where it is right now oh St. St. George uh, guitar speaker I have here that's like a 10 inch cab that's like 4 pounds it's super light but it was at like American Music in Seattle same place my uncle bought his old stuff because I saw old receipts for like 170 oh, wow. bucks in the 80s. And I was like, that's cool. Um, but this thing was there and it was $100 for a 10-inch speaker that you can plug a little amp into. And I was like, well, that's cool. I want this mobile thing for going places and taking it. And I barely use it. It sits under my piano bench, but I like it. <laughs> so it was yeah. a, it's, it was still, I don't feel, you don't want to regret your purchases if you don't have to. Yeah, lately I've been obsessed with espresso machines. And yeah. I've been wanting, and late. I mean, lately, by what I mean by lately is the past like two years. I really mm-hmm. wanted to get an espresso machine two years ago, but, but you, I was talked out of it. You've waited this long. Why? Uh, who talked you out of it, and why? Or what? You don't have to say who, but why? Uh, what, who? How they talk you out of it? 
Um, Because I was... I mean, one, we just didn't have the space for it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a friend. We didn't have the space for it. And then... um, And then I was looking for a house. So it was like, it doesn't make sense to make a purchase like this. Because they're expensive. Um, Yeah. Well, and also that's the other thing about me is I have really expensive taste for certain things. You don't want to buy the the lowest line. Yeah. Right. Like I, it makes, I feel safe and comfortable with going with an expensive um, model. If the brand has been around, uh, like if it's like, um, what do you call it? Like legacy type of deal. Like Like they've been around for a hundred years. Yeah. They're, well-known um they're kind of the staple of uh whatever the product is you know and and if people say that it tastes better because this machine the way they do things on a machine like you're gonna you're looking at all that you're not going based just on name you're going like is this going to be quality and will it last a long time right yeah um so yeah so i've been obsessed with espresso machines as of late um and i know it's just because i just have like an itch to buy something um, yep. and it would, it would be so smart to not buy it, you know, or yeah. go with, go with something um, cheaper. Uh, yeah. Like a prosumer type of situation. Is there, is there a um, middle of the road road brand that could do the job? Basically it's tough though. When, once you get to a certain spot, like you're a professional coffee drinker and then you don't want, <laughs> you don't want to use the Epiphone of guitar players. You want to use the Gibson. You want to use, <laughs> yeah. Of co- you want to use the Gibson or Marshall of coffee makers. You don't want to buy like a crate amp, and even if it sounds close and to a no Marshall, hate, no shame. No, if you, no hate, no shame. Yeah, if, yeah, if you want to um, buy the lower uh, level. Yeah, buy it or like learn on it. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I had a PV guitar and, to start out with. Oh, PV gosh, Predator. Now I'm talking myself out of getting it. No, no, don't do it. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because I, I no, I will tell you this. I learned. So yeah. you 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 are way past the stage of. We're gonna talk you into it on this podcast. You are way past the stage of being <laughs> a a um what do you call it? sophomoric coffee drinker or like new coffee drinker. Sure. Like you're a professional. You've gotten to this stage. You now own a home. you now own a home. Well, but you you know good or bad. Some people are just like it tastes like yeah. coffee. Like I would be an amateur because I don't even like coffee. Um, but so maybe for me when I was starting out with guitar, the the PV Predator and Crate amp is fine <laughs> combo, and I learned on that. And now I won't buy anything under a thousand dollars if it's a guitar. If it's eight hundred dollars, I don't trust sure. it's good quality, um, or it's like yeah. an off brand, and I'm like, there's no resale value, so I better love the way this plays or something. And then you get to try it yourself. So anything you buy, as long as there's a return policy, you could try it. Here's what you should do: you should buy a model <laughs> that's middle of the road, and buy the really big one, the nice one. <laughs> make those purchases at the same time. So spend um, uh, one and a half times the money. Cause we're talking probably thousands of dollars at this yeah. point. We're not going to say an amount, yeah. but you buy, you we're buy not, those, yeah. make sure there's a return policy on both. Try them out for a couple <laughs> weeks each. You tell me if the coffee tastes different on the expensive one or the other one. And actually a way, good way to do it is have someone come in blindfold you and you taste both cups of coffee from both machines. And then once you take, if, if you can taste the difference and you guess the machines, right. 
and you think it's that big of a difference, keep the more expensive one. Otherwise, you just you can buy a two, uh, one like half times the price even. <laughs> yeah. And still get like I think a quality to really one. Make that. Yeah, to make that test sound though, I feel like I would need two machines of both models you get you're spending like fifteen thousand (laughs) dollars just to figure this test out um why do you need two machines of both i was joking okay at first i'm like are you doing different kinds of drinks at all at the same time i'm gonna need three of each machines okay for a moment i took you seriously just in case color means yeah not if you're blindfolded one in each color just in case you know color so because i heard i heard a dyes effect taste so mm -hmm. just in case yeah if the the color the kind of metal it's made with and there's some of them that have wood handles that are really expensive does a wood handle change the taste probably not um but it's like an aesthetic thing if it makes you feel better it's 100 and you can afford it it's 100 percent worth it like i will only buy west elm furniture from here on out (laughs) almost i just no i mean i love i love the chair i got my friend's couches that have it i sit on that i'm like this is incredible and i was like i know it's like four times the price because you put your name on it if i find another one that's cheap that matches it great but i doubt i'm going to so yeah or if you have like a dog that jumps on furniture you'd be careful i do have a a thing i like to remind myself of of like you should be better than the gear you own like yeah um uh but i've broken that many times and i don't regret it though well yeah you're not gonna you're gonna regret nicer equipment but if you can get good like i i played guitar on a very cheap yamaha acoustic guitar for a year or classical guitar for years before buying a decent acoustic even and even then i bought like a fender acoustic that was like a uh, laminated top which people that don't know guitars you don't want a laminated top you want a real wood top correct otherwise the sounds not yeah. as good but that guitar still my friend has it now i gave i don't like to sell things after i have them i give them away when i decide it's not worth selling and he he likes it it's cool um but having the oh, what was i where's i going with that oh just having the lower grade equipment and learning on that. Then when you get like learning on acoustic, then when you get an electric, it's so much easier to play. My friends that bought an electric first ended up quitting guitar sometimes because they like, when they got to an acoustic, this hurts my hands. So you got to like build up your tolerance with the lower grade stuff and get good with something that's less. And so when you get on something that is really good on any industry, suddenly it's like even easier and better. So yeah. like golf clubs, I had a really terrible set for years, even till this last year. And this last year I took them out and they're like all rusted old clubs that don't even fit my height. Like I have two seven irons, two nines. You're supposed to have one of each kind in your set. And I had two, two fours, two of everything, two threes, one, four, two sevens, two nines, no pitching wedge. No. And I had a bad putter. And if people don't know golf, it all sounds like off, but. Um, but then I looked at them recently. I was like, man, I need a, last year. I was like, I need a new golf bag or 2019. I'm like, this is really gross. It was like had holes in it. And I was like, I show up at a course. People are like, what is this? This is like 1960s <laughs> golf clubs. And I have a wooden driver. I'm still keeping but that thing's falling apart. I got to glue it. Um, but I got a new golf bag and all of a sudden my clubs look disgusting. <laughs> so these <laughs> go- rested, gross dirt caked clubs that I probably need to clean, but either way, they wouldn't be nice sitting in a nice golf bag. So fast forward to this year and I was given a very nice set of like 
thousand dollar golf clubs from a friend who had them from oh, a friend cool. and didn't didn't need them anymore or did, wasn't going to use them ever again. They just have been in storage. Like, do you want them? And I was like looking, I was about to go buy some. So I have this nice set and it feels so much better. <laughs> like I, I have a nice golf bag now and I can walk up and I know that these are nice clubs and they fit my height and everything. And it's just like, but if I would have, if I would have learned on the nice ones, it would have been cool. Like it's nice to have money, but I learned to play on really bad clubs and I'm still a bad golfer, but now I feel okay about my equipment and I like it. So it all comes down at the end of the day. And this is why I'm talking you back into buying this machine and anyone else who's thinking of buying an expensive purchase. You want that Tesla, go buy it today, figure it out. You can sell some things, yeah. but, but we might as if, well. if you look at your kitchen and you see that machine there and you love the look of it and the feel of it and you're using it, that's, that's worth that. That's worth it in itself. There's always going to be starving kids in the world. You can't solve that problem. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. If everyone, if everyone forego, I'm, I'm, I'm actually being serious though too. If everyone <laughs> for forego all of their privileges just to knock out hunger, we probably wouldn't have anyone hungry in the world. No one's doing it. I wish more people were. To be fair, that's. I wish we could figure out a way. I think yeah. you can still have or your at least nice pay taxes. Pay ta pay your taxes if you're rich, please. Um, yeah, that's another yeah. thing. Um, so not not being political on anyone, but I do think that um, if we all we can all buy the things we enjoy and give to help people that are hungry. I think there's a way to do both. <laughs> so yeah. you can you can I, do it. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> I, I was I was being so sarcastic when I did it dry too. I was like, it's fine, buy it. There's there's hungry kids in the world and they're not they're not going away. I know it's terrible, which is why I said it so dry pan. It's terrible. It is. Oh um, gosh. The thing is, that's crazy about world hunger because world hunger is a big issue, and in the U.S., there's a ton of people going hungry. And yeah. I don't feel I feel like there was part of my childhood in high school and grade school where we weren't. We weren't poor, but we weren't rich, but we definitely were not like eating enough where like I didn't have lunches that were as oh, big wow. as other kids lunches. So you get to school and you have a sandwich and an apple and everyone has all the the good stuff. And it's like, sorry, we don't have enough money now. And I was like, so some of the lunches I'd go away hungry and that's a terrible feeling. So if there's a way to stomp out. If there was a way to to eliminate hunger in the country stomp. that has stomp out hunger in in the US, which is an <laughs> affluent country. That would be great to do. So I'm sure there's tons of charities, everyone. And I didn't do any research before I said those statements. So you look it up and you can donate to things that are helping kids in every city in the country get out of hunger. And that's going to be the best way around this whole conversation. Because yeah. I think Cause you and I are we, extremely educated in this and we have the we can solve. Yeah, I think world hunger I think we've, we've been very clear about all the things that we've said on here is that we don't know a lot about anything. And that's what makes we it good is because because we're not trying to say we're the uh, people in charge of how the world works and how to solve problems. But I do feel like that's that's the thing, too. If I spent I'm buying we're we're all buying things right now outside of our means like you're talking about buying an expensive <laughs> coffee machine probably on a credit card i'm just guessing and for me i'm talking i was talking about buying a camera on a credit card because i didn't have the money for it and so i think the american way which is not right but it is the american way is always living slightly outside of our means because i know there's people yeah. that have like 
then maybe they're at 50,000 a year. They jump to 80 or a hundred thousand. They buy a boat. They're like, now I can have the American way is like, how many payments can I afford a month and keep it within my monthly budget? And so it's like, you have a boat, right. you have a, a, a RV, you have this, 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 that's not, that's de- I mean, if you talk to any financial advisor, that's terrible, but that's how the American way is with our money. And so it's, it'd be cool to see people going back to living under their means more and being like, I'm going to save up till I can afford this. Or I know I'm paying it off within a month of getting it. Cause I'm using it for a business or something like that. So that would be the yeah, better I way. I heard someone say once, I heard someone say once that, um, you can't afford something unless you have double the amount of what it costs. Yeah. That's very, Does that make sense. Yeah, that's very true. Cause there's repairs. There's things you need for those things. Like a boat is one of those purchases. People buy boats mm-hmm. and the upkeep is two times the cost of buying a boat. So you buy a boat for someone buys a boat for four or 500,000. You need 1.5 million to make sure that thing stays in shape. And I don't think every That's insane. Well, and the other the other reason why having double is good is because you know, like you're not screwed as soon as you buy something. Like I have enough money yeah. in my account now to go buy a camera today, and I could drive down to Glazers in Seattle promoting a local place because it's nice to keep businesses. Glazers or uh, Kenmore Camera, but they don't have as many video stuff. But you go to like one yeah. of these places. I could buy one today, and then the rest of the two week period, I'd be like, and I'm out of money. So. The smart choice is to not get anything outside of that. And I should probably start donating to some like feed the hungry children char- charities now that we've brought that up. Cause I think that that's to a very the feed the hungry children, cha- feed the hungry children charities. Like if someone makes that, I'll probably donate. So make a website real quick. Um, but <laughs> it is important. And um, I think the things that make life better for others are worth doing. And think about that coffee machine. When you get it, it's going to make everyone's oh, lives. I feel really bad. No, now. no, no, don't. It's going to make other people's lives better when they come over to have coffee at your house. Why do people buy anything? Because it makes sense to, to them and they enjoy it. Like, why do people buy electric cars? They're like, I'm saving the environment. No, you're not. The electric batteries go into a landfill at the end of it. I mean, you're doing a different form of what other people are doing, but you feel good about it. And that's what's important. So. So I'm saying get something, wow. get something you enjoy. And maybe I, I was, maybe I'm not factual on that electric car thing, but I hear like at the current state, we're not totally at a zero carbon <laughs> spot. Uh, it's definitely better than the, than the things I smell driving by on the highway or like friends, old eighties cars. Like um, Jerry started his truck up yesterday <laughs> right in front of oh. my door. And I was like, Oh, that's that 80s gasoline smell that I'm used to smelling, <laughs> flooding my nostrils and hitting me from the exhaust. So there's the, the newer yeah. cars have gotten better. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm very happy with all the purchases I made that were expensive. And I don't regret my $600 West Elm chair that I bought used at all, even though people make fun of me for spending $600 on a chair. And I was like, it felt like I was floating on a cloud. So I have no regrets and I use it all the time. <laughs> And you got to think of the long-term benefits of whatever you buy. So anyone listening, if you're thinking of buying something and you're like, this thing's going to last forever and have resale value, you can't feel bad about that. Unless your kids are starving. Unless you no, unless your kids are starving and you're buying that <laughs> instead. Like, for example, I'm going get, to get a little dark for a moment. Not dark, but this is just a Please. real story. So my grandpa, the same one who knew we're going from full circle from the beginning. who Berlin grandpa. 
Berlin grandpa who had five new five languages, knew all this stuff, educated, like smart, this and that. Your burly grandpa. Yeah. Berlin, Berlin grandpa. Um, (laughs) So he, the American, American dude that lived in Germany, he spent a lot of, he, he was an alcoholic. So he spent a lot of his the original exchange student, <laughs> the original exchange student before others were doing it. We'll call him an original before it was a popular thing to do because he had money. Um, but he he had he had his vices. He was an alcoholic and he spent way more money on alcohol than he did on his family. So the, the kids were to be Makes seen, sense. not heard, not they didn't get that love that you'd get from a parent who was really engaged because they were busy drinking and following the newspaper more and this kind of stuff. No hate, no shade, as you say, towards family members mm-hmm. or whatever else. But it's just like a reality of that. So like and wh- why I was saying that is I don't remember, but it was something about like, oh. Because he spent a lot of money. He spent, yeah, he spent all, it, I was saying it's fine to do those purchases if it's not negatively affecting your family. <laughs> and it's not. Okay. So he was he was spending all right. that money on that stuff and negatively impacting his family. That's the big difference. And sure, coffee could be a vice for some people, but I don't think it's a negative. I think it's a positive. So <laughs> if you're not having like kids that aren't getting lunches because you bought a coffee machine that costs way too much money. I, and your dog is eating premium food and fine and you can afford yeah. with your life, I think you're 100% in the clear and okay. So do you feel any better? No. Okay, well, remotely. just here's the thing. Wait but on the we'll purchase. Yeah, we'll check in on it. Yeah, wait on the purchase for now. Do. Just wait. And then you might you might read if yeah, you do. Everything, even... everything is delayed. I've called multiple okay yeah just wait till something's in six to eight weeks out. but I, I would also say like if you keep doing research and find one that people compare relatively to that that's like a 10 like maybe that one's 10 percent better and the other one's half the cost and it's just a 10 percent difference you probably would be equally happy with something that's like that range too and then you wouldn't feel that yeah. he's guilty but don't feel guilty like i kind of i want an eighty thousand dollar um or a ninety thousand dollar 600 mile electric truck called the badger by nikolai i want one of those i can't afford that right now but i really want it and i wouldn't feel bad about getting it knowing the amount you're saving in the long term of a vehicle so sure it's a big purchase but you just got to know like i'm never going to need to buy one of these again like that's why i have a kirby vacuum also i was like coerced into it by the person selling it because it was someone (laughs) i knew and then i felt bad they do that one trick where they put the vacuum on your bed and they put a little container on it and then it sucks dirt out and you're like i need this and so i bought it for fourteen hundred dollars and that was like the discount rate and it's a lifetime it'll if anything breaks you get it fixed for free and it's broken but i haven't sent it in (laughs) something happened a lot for a vacuum it is but when you see the dirt sucked out of your mattress you're like oh i need this and i haven't vacuumed my mattress once since I got it. So I'm just saying, since I got it. So I'm just saying there's, yeah. there's things you buy that you're like, this is going to be good long-term. Like every professional place I see has a Kirby cause they last forever. So it's fine. And that was $1,400. Mm-hmm. I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on stuff that I thought was good. So that's fine. Yeah. That's why I'm not rich. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yes. Thank Kay. you. Thank you. I want you to do it. Okay. Okay, and take a picture oh, of it, and we'll post it on the podcast and the story or yeah. something eventually. When you no, I, I won't do that. I'll post it on my personal account. I don't want it to be. Okay, everyone, if you want to follow Dolly on her personal there. account, don't do it because she's not going to put her <laughs> deets on here. Yeah. 
The, um, that stands for details, right? I don't know what that stands for. Wow. Really came full circle, huh? We did, yeah. So my grandpa was an alcoholic. He knew five languages. Uh, he didn't take care of his family <laughs> as well as he could have. But, uh, yeah, that's some of the things. But uh, that's reality, and you got to just roll with reality. But a lot of good things yeah. in there, too, positives. So, um, yeah, I think we should leave him there with that all that information. Thanks for joining us for episode 26 of Shooting Debris. We will be back with episode 27 